0: Welcome to Life Beat. I am your host for today, the the very befuddled yet very prepared Chris Gast, and with me is the very delicate Anna Visser and the very destructive Emily Kroll. Considering Ladies,
1: I'm I think it might one be, be the other broke. way around. I didn't break the mic stand, so we're
0: just So, dead. so we have a feature today, and it's all about uh, what is a post row machine going to look like. And um, so we have a lot of topics to cover. And uh, we're going to do this despite challenges with microphone stands, microphones, the mixer. Uh, doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> is that microphone oil? No, no.
1: Should... This is, my, this it's like is a disgr- my. Is
0: that like when you go into a car shop and they try to sell you a disgronifier? Uh, disgr- no, okay. You okay. can
1: fix anything with a Phillips screwdriver, a little bit of cardboard, and some super glue.
0: Okay. Um, Wow, okay, so uh, we're not really distracting you because uh, it's such a long topic, but uh, we're gonna go over a lot of topics today. Uh, and so just bear with us. And it's a really important feature because if the Supreme Court's uh, released opinion, uh, leaked opinion rather holds, this is our reality moving forward. And uh, as I'm sure if you have engaged in any topics of discussion on the abortion issue in the last few days, you've heard all of this and in probably very unintelligent ways. (laughs) So we're going to cover today. uh, Are women going to be prosecuted? What about the abortion pill? How is this going to affect healthcare for women? Back alley abortions. And what is this life of the mother thing? So, um, so to start, let's talk about the life of the mother. So pretty much every pro-life law uh, in the country has always had an exception for the life of the mother. What does that mean, and why is it in there? What? Why is it in there, guys? I don't, gals. Why don't gals? gals.
1: Um, the life of the mother <laughs> exception exists because we do have to recognize the reality that sometimes complications happen, and a doctor will have to choose between either letting both the child and the mother die or saving the mother. There's examples of this, probably the most common that people would think of as ectopic pregnancies, um, or if people still like to call them tubal pregnancies, that's when the embryo has implanted somewhere outside of the the uterus, typically in the fallopian tube, and that is a 100 percent guaranteed situation where the baby will not survive and if the tube ruptures, the woman's life is in grave danger. All right, so that's one example. You also have situations like um, uterine tears, very rare. Um, Other than ectopic pregnancies, which happen in the first trimester, situations where the mother's life is in imminent danger are incredibly, incredibly rare. But we don't want to let women die because of medical complications. So there are exceptions to the abortion law.
0: Right, the, the legal and moral principle of that is the law is treating the mother and the child as equal human beings of equal value. So the law can't be biased towards one or the other. Uh, now the reason we bring this up, I mean there's some people out there kind of confused, well why would a pro-life law have that? Uh, but the bigger confusion Anna, is doctor, abortionist. Just,
2: Pro-abortion doctor. Yeah, like, we
0: don't know when these situations happen. So how could we possibly follow the law? We don't well, want doctors I, going to jail.
2: Right. They're confused. they like, what if she has a 50% chance of dying? Is that life of the mother exception? What if it's, you know, the percentage is not that high, but there's going to be complications and her health is at risk? I don't know when to apply this. But they do. They've been doing it for Years, you know, they're right seems to never been a problem Where they have to decide oh is this life of the mother exception? So I think they're just trying to raise this doubt Especially because they're they're doctors and they people think they're credible I don't know.
1: I think if my doctor was that unsure, I would not want them to be my doctor,
0: right? Good point. Yeah, uh I don't think they're
2: actually unsure,
0: though. I I think they're just haters. Yeah. I mean, for how long? For 100 and how long?
1: 76 years.
0: 176 years in Michigan. Before 1973, the law always had this exception, and there was never really confusion.
2: Well, and a good point is in 1988, we had our Medicaid abortion ban. But there was a life of the mother exception in that um, if you did have Medicaid and you had a medical emergency, the doctors could decide, oh, this is a life of the mother exception. And they've been doing that perfectly fine since 1988.
1: Yeah, there's even a form to fill out. Mm
2: -hmm. That says, oh, she, this was an exception and abortion had to be performed.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem that confusing. No.
0: Right. While we're on the topic, let's go to uh, health care for women. Um, so, this, Anna, how many times have you been asked? So, Anna, how is this going to change health care for women?
2: A few, a few reporters have brought this question up, and my answer is, well, nothing will change for women's health care because abortion's not health care. They obviously don't like that answer that much, and they don't really (laughs) respond to it that well. Really, But I do like to point out that, you know, we have 150-plus pregnancy resource centers that that's hopefully where women are going to go for their pregnancy care, for their health care, if you want to call it that. Um, and so I just pointed that out whenever I was asked this mm-hmm. question. That I think the only thing will change is that hopefully, our our healthcare system will move in a direction that is more supportive through our pregnancy resource centers, through our doctors' offices can refer women if they do need help to these pregnancy resource centers.
0: I just saw an article. I think yesterday. I forget if it was the Washington Post or the New York Times, but it was something like, uh, you know, like. Uh, you know, a third of women live closer to a pro-life pregnancy center than an abortion facility. And if Roe versus Wade's overturned, that number will double, you know, as if it's, it's yeah, a I real guess. tragedy that they're going to be closer to, like, free diapers and maternity clothes and parenting and life skills classes and formula and sometimes cribs and car seats and all those wonderful things that pro-life pregnancy centers provide rather than abortion facility. Um, One kind of thing uh, that kind of connects to this and then will also kind of lead us into the whole back alley abortion topic is miscarriages. So abortion supporters are going around saying that, you know, if we ban abortion, that women who have miscarriages won't be treated. So, you know, remember like back in 1972 in Michigan where you you just died if you had a miscarriage, you know? Right and no, or, or no, that, that didn't happen. Or in that, Michigan that women will before.
2: be that women will be prosecuted for their miscarriages. But that's a, that's the next topic.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: the the people who are conflating miscarriage and abortion are being disingenuous. They are saying that a miscarriage and an abortion are the same thing. They are not. A miscarriage is when something happens with the baby and they die naturally in the womb that is a miscarriage the baby dies on its own without outside interference and it's horrible and tragic and most of the time we still have no idea why it happens and then some women need care after that and every hospital in the United States will let a woman come in and get care for miscarriage an abortion is when you go in and you have a living baby and you end that baby's life through very violent means. So you have the
2: intent to kill them. The
1: intention is to kill the baby in yeah. a miscarriage. The baby is already dead. They are completely different things. And the people who say they're the same thing are liars and they're trying to scare, the, well, they're trying to scare people.
2: I think that people are playing all these what-ifs in their head Uh, maybe because they simply don't know what it's going to look like or what it's going to be like. But I think a lot of people are afraid that, you know, you come into the hospital, you say you've had a miscarriage, and they think they're going to be, people are going to be suspicious of them. They're going to look beyond, like, did she actually have a miscarriage or is she lying? I think maybe that's where some of this is coming from, of we can't treat you because we have suspicions that you had an abortion or... I don't, I don't know. It's-
1: but even if they had suspicions, you treat the woman. Right. Like.
0: Right. One example of this that we've dealt with before, before either of your times here with us, is uh, when we passed our abortion insurance opt-out that said, look, if you want your insurance to cover abortion, you have to get an optional rider that you are paying for and not the general public. And the other side actually went around and I actually had to feel the call from a friend who worked in the legislature was like, is it true if we pass this that that insurance isn't going to cover miscarriage treatment? And I'm like, no, no, no. It, and their argument there was that, well, the billing codes are, you know, they don't really specify if the DNC is, you know, abortion or whatnot. So... That was their claim. We passed the law. How many women haven't had insurance cover their miscarriage treatment since then? Uh, Oh, zero. (laughs) Yeah, zero. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you know what? People are not idiots. And, you know, billing codes are not like the Ten Commandments. Like they can be.
1: They're not written in stone. They can be
0: changed. They can be addressed like intelligent people can work around them um one kind of side issue with that i did see someone today there was some uh article saying like i used to be pro-life and not anymore and then it quoted like only two or three people in it but one of the people in there said well i had a miscarriage and i had to go in the doctor said that you need a dnc and i thought oh my gosh like that's an abortion i can't do that um so you know, dilation and curatage is the standard procedure if there are contents in a woman's uterus that are going to cause an infection and need to be taken out. It's not really a, a common abortion procedure anymore because they use just a vacuum pump, but the same principle is the same. Um, so people could get kind of confused by that, but I remember reading that and thinking, is your... Opposite was your opposition to abortion based more on social cues and like just the revulsion to the just I, the word abortion, or was it actually genuinely based on the value of the unborn child? Because if you're pro-life and you have a miscarriage and you have to go have a a, a DNC, I don't understand how it would impact your views at all. I mean. It, the The embalming process for a person who's dead is not pretty, but and some of the stuff could be used in other techniques and other like live. But I don't know. I don't understand why people make that sort of conflation. It is
1: very strange, and a lot of people don't only make that conflation with D and Cs, but also sometimes when a woman has a miscarriage, they give. uh, Which one is it? Is it it Mifoprostone, the drug that causes uterine cramps? is it stall that does uterine? Uh,
0: Misoprostol. Misoprostol. Contractions.
1: Causes contractions and empties the uterus. And sometimes the horse, doctor... Horse
0: ulcer medication.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just advice. But sometimes doctors, if they don't think they need to go in surgically to get the remains from the uterus, they will use that drug. And people conflate that as well, and it, it's simply not the case. When you have had a miscarriage, the baby is already dead, unfortunately. And so it... it it's not an abortion and it never will be.
0: Right. Uh, So this kind of leads us into uh, back alley abortions. So since before Roe versus Wade, um, what?
1: <laughs> I have a screwdriver from my fixing of. The See, I said the stand. very destructive <laughs> Emily
0: Crawl and She's there, like sta like motioning with. The I was screwdriver. having a Dana Nestle How can moment. we do a I was podcast? Just yeah. It violently. Okay, Dana. <laughs> um, back alley abortions. So obviously, the claim that um, you know, if we ban abortion, all these illegal abortions are going to happen, and they're going to be in the back alley. And I know we've addressed this on the podcast many, many times, but.
2: You know, this, I feel like I know what you're going to say. Like, they're not actually back alley abortions, right? Mm. Is that what you're about to say?
0: You know me so well, Anna, yes.
2: Okay, this, I think it's funny, not funny, but um, I said this in an interview because she said, well, what about back alley abortions? And I said, well, they're not actually back alley abortions, just so you know. And she was like, oh, like, I knew that. I was just more thinking of, unsafe abortions as back alley abortions. Mm -hmm. So she was just like assuming like she knows they're not back alley abortions. She was just using that term as unsafe abortions. Which I thought was kind of interesting because
0: Right. So, but the average person the the image they want is women in an alleyway in a, in a busy city with a screwdriver or, or a, coat a, a coat hanger or something ri- ridiculous. So, yes. <laughs> how, so how are illegal abortions actually happening? Well, they were going in the back doors of OBGYNs and after hours and the OBGYNs were doing abortions and certainly not nearly comparable to the number of legal abortions after Roe versus Wade. And of course, these same abortionists in the same conditions were doing the same thing after legalization. The only difference was they could do advertising now. And so what would back alley, what would illegal abortions look like uh, today? Because uh, let's let's face it, you can't, just because something's illegal doesn't mean it stops happening. Every single thing there's a crime against in the country still goes on. The purpose is of course, uh, crime deters. And of course, you know, it's a crime because the number of child is human value and it should be illegal to take their life. So what does a back alley abortion look like today? Well, it looks like a woman getting a mail order abortion pill and taking it without being seen by a doctor. Hey, that's the current FDA standards under the Biden administration for the abortion pill. So the back alley is already here it's already been here the plant parents been pursuing webcam abortions for uh, almost a decade i think now what about non-doctors performing abortions hey that's happened we've had to prosecute that in michigan and guess what the reproductive freedom for all petition drive would make sure that non-doctors could perform abortions and in fact it says you couldn't penalize anyone for performing an abortion so they want to put the back alley into the Michigan constitution. How about uh, with rusty surgical equipment, uninspected facilities, doctors with troubled backgrounds of say, domestic violence or fraud or drug abuse. Hey, wait, that's what was happening in Michigan for decades until a couple of years ago, we finally passed a bill that was effectively causing these abortion facilities to have inspections. The back alley never left. The back alley has been around for 50 years. The only difference is it had formal legal endorsement. And so uh, what's going to change is a lot of those people are just going to stop performing abortions because they don't want to deal with the legal liability. Uh, Some are still going to happen, but they're going to happen, sadly, under the same conditions that the other side wants to allow right now. Or even the other side wants to go even beyond that. you can't even investigate situations and prosecute people for harming women or anything like that. Um, so uh, that's just not a real concern. You know, if you don't believe us, you know, look at Texas. Someone said, and I lost track of the time, but that heartbeat law, I think has been in effect for Texas for 275 days.
1: Yeah, it went into effect on September 1st of 2021.
0: Yeah, time flies. That's been a long time. How many women in Texas have died? Zero. Zero. Texas is the—it's not the biggest state in the union now, is it?
1: Landmass. I think it's, the it's second closing largest. in on California.
0: Yeah. That many women. Now, granted, some women are traveling out of the state, and uh, I'm sure some abortion facilities are still operating in Texas in an illegal fashion, according to that heartbeat law. Uh, but how many women have died? Zero. All that stuff that they made up about uh, women dying from illegal abortions, it's just a bad argument meant to confuse people, make people feel sympathy. You know, if you're noticing a common theme amongst all these, it's, again, so much misinformation out there. Um, Did you want to talk about the complications angle of back alley abortions? Uh, You know, women going to the ER, or I guess we already covered that. We kind
1: of did, yeah. Okay. But, I mean, think about it this way. If you have to go back prior to the inventing of penicillin to find when thousands of thousands of women were dying from illegal abortions, you probably have a very disingenuous argument.
0: Right.
2: For the um, complications, that was more along the lines of abortionists are encouraging women to get the abortion pill through telemedicine. Mm-hmm. They have a complication. They don't want them to go back to them and say, hey, I had, a com- I had a complication, help me. They want you to go to the emergency room and lie to them and say you're having a miscarriage. But if it's safe and not a back-alley abortion, why why are yeah, they telling you to do that?
0: They really don't want any tracking of that. You know, uh, Britain, when because of the COVID pandemic, they mandated you know, mail order abortions, there were a a bunch of complications because it's harder to escape their record keeping over there. Um, And they were horrified. However, didn't Britain still endorse the mail order abortions anyway?
1: They did. There's, there's still a lot of debate over that. They've ended it now. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to think within the first 52 days of when they did that, they had two women had died. There were 13 investigations into homicide Because there were women who got the abortion pill when they were the oldest recorded at that point was 32 weeks. And then she ended up delivering a live baby. And then the death was mysterious circumstances. So you had two women who died, 13 investigations into fetal homicide, and then a massive increase in just general complications. And they let it continue for another six or eight months. Actually, almost a year before they finally said, you know, maybe that was a really bad idea.
0: But that's what the abortion industry wants. Yeah. That's what they want. That's what they demand. That's what they're trying to get by constitutional amendment here in Michigan. Uh, and it's insanity. So when the other side starts talking about back alley abortions, ask them, why have you let it go on for 50 years? And, and why, why would it be any different? if you're running the show.
1: And why are you trying to make it even worse?
0: Right. Uh, so uh, we've kind of touched on the abortion pill. Uh, so, most, so Planned Parenthood has always had a plan in case abortion became illegal. And since they were able to uh, import the abortion pill into America, the focus of that plan has been black market abortion pills. Uh, again, which is they want to distribute them the same way they're being distributed right now. You don't have to visit a doctor. You don't have to do anything. Just get him in the mail and whatever. Well, from the pro-life side, that is going to be hard as a matter of enforcement. However, uh, you know, everything is online. Everything is digital. It does make our job a little easier in that regard, and it is illegal to traffic abortion pills into the state. Um, Some people are confused about the abortion pill and uh, contraception or plan B. And they said, oh, they're going to bland contraception. Or some people have looked at the uh, Supreme Court opinion and say, because we're overturning Roe, it looks like then they're coming for uh, your contraception. And then uh, amongst other things like Clarence Thomas is coming for his own interracial marriage (laughs) or... Um. What else? I rolled my eyes. Any uh, higher? Everything. Uh, oh, school segregation. Oh yeah. yeah mm-hmm. We're gonna resegregate schools. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of panicking when they realize, oh, people aren't as concerned about this abortion deal as we want them to be. Let's to, throw. They have to
2: everything wrap everything else everything in, else in yeah. there.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: I still laugh about that because it was um, representative from. I don't even know where is Adam Kissinger from.
0: Illinois, I think. Illinois.
1: He he texted out that the this is going to mean the next thing on the block is interracial marriage. And I was I was drinking water when I read his tweet.
0: <laughs> did you do an actual spit take?
1: <laughs> and I actually did a spit take and and I have proof. Um, cuz I was laughing because yeah, Clarence Thomas is going to write an opinion that bans interracial marriage and then go home to his white wife and say, sorry, sorry dear. Jenny.
0: Yeah, sorry, Jenny. Whoops.
1: There's much easier ways <laughs> to get a divorce in this country. It's, uh... it's insane. It is actual insanity. But it proves the point that, you know, abortion... The The people who care the most about abortion are the people in the abortion industry and the people that they hundreds of thousands of dollars to to get elected like everyone else thinks that are crazy for the most part most americans want more restrictions on abortions polling has consistently shown that for Mm -hmm. decades and they're just completely out of touch with reality
0: i mean and and i kind of understood that but even i am still shocked that for you know for 275 days texas has had that heartbeat ban and
1: everything's been fine
0: outrage but I was expecting a lot more pushback. Yeah, I think the American people, one of the, I guess it's a benefit for us, but because there's so many mushy people in the middle who don't really understand the issue and have conflicting strong feelings or no strong feelings, don't want to talk about it, you know, they just kind of accept whatever the status quo is. And so the downside for 49 years is the status quo has been you know, the most terrible abortion law on planet earth save for China and
1: And Vietnam and North Korea. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, but on the plus side is if swinging our way, then they're going to be generally accepting of it. So, but again, as we're delving into all this confusion, that's going to be even worse, I think moving forward. Um, so let's finish up with the topic of prosecuting women. So, our attorney general, Dana Nessel, <laughs> says she's going to refuse to enforce our laws, has also said that, oh well, if Roe v. Wade goes, then women will be prosecuted in Michigan for having their abortions.
1: You would think the attorney general would have read the law.
0: Now, did she is she A just being flat out dishonest or is she B ignorant?
2: I think dishonest.
0: Dishonest. Dishonest. Not, yeah, she does not she strike has, me as an unintelligent person. She has it's, to yes, know. She strikes me as an angry person who's yes dishonest. Yeah. Um, what? Nothing. Okay. All right. <laughs> she's angry. Come on. Every like every yeah. an average person looks at attorney. She's and, angry. Yeah, she's angry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, we in Michigan again for 176 years had an abortion ban. Uh, women were not prosecuted. We even had a Michigan Supreme Court case where the the issue was uh, the woman was afraid if she testified against the abortionist that she would be held criminally liable. And the Michigan Supreme Court, in a case called Inray Vickers, said, no. The law is clear. You know, she, by testifying against the abortionist, cannot be held legally responsible in any way. That's been very clear. Very clear. That's been the law. That's the law in practically every state. I think I saw AUL tried to like comb every case they could found, and they found four cases in like 230 years of American history uh, of situations where a woman was prosecuted in connection to the abortion. Uh, So that's just not how the law is written. That's not how it works in Michigan. That's not how it happens. So that's one side. But let's approach it from the other side. So we have had people uh, say, well, you know, if abortion is morally wrong, and that's correct, you know, and and the woman is making this decision out of her own free will, you know, why are we not holding the woman legally responsible? And, uh, you know, the basic answer to that is, you know, there's a, well, first of all, I think people need to realize, like, stop and think, if every state wrote their law this way. Why? Isn't there a good reason to do that? And and the reason is in order to convict an abortionist, you have to have the testimony of the woman because of just the nature of the pregnancy. uh, How are you going to get evidence to prove that abortion took place or the child was alive? You need the testimony of the woman and you're not going to get that testimony if you convict a woman of an abortion. And so you can look back and see how this has gone, uh, been addressed in different states and different cases and how courts have looked at it and said, oh, well, this is why it's the way it is. That's the way it's always been. That's the way if abortion laws are going to be effective, they're pretty much always going to have to be. And so uh, no, Dana Nessel is absolutely wrong. And if you're confused, if you're pro-life and you're confused, well, why is it written that way? Uh, it's written that way because, you know, the mission. we're not in this to shame women. We're not in this to shame abortionists. We're not in this to say, tell people they're bad. We wake up in the morning. Our goal is how do we save unborn children? That's our focus. And we're going to always do whatever is most effective and within the law to do that.
1: And if you get rid of all the abortionists, then they can't get abortions. Right. Supply. That's how it works. Right.
0: So. yeah, if if every abortionist tomorrow woke up and said, I don't want to do it anymore and I'm pro life now, that's I great. Abortion. We can just move on. Yeah. You know, we, we, we don't have to have you know war crimes trials going back for you know. We 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 don't want an endless conflict, we want the killing to stop. That's our mission. All right. I think that covers it. Yeah. In a nutshell, In a nutshell. we go on and on and on and on. Uh, But we won't, so that's our feature for today. Join us again next week, and thank you for listening.